Good afternoon, evening, good morning, wherever you are. It's time for episode six from the Boys Out Wax Pack Lyrical Pack Show for you coming up today. So without further ado, let's meet your starting presenters. Uh, Brian Slaughter, five foot four, 186 pounds, and I've got a bit of a cold. Dan Hewitt, five foot ten, the you of life. Uh, Brian Waters, six foot two, uh, appearing in San Francisco in two weeks' time. Uh, pack show coming up today. Uh, we've got a great interview coming up with Eagle Knutson from Eagle's Card Shop in uh, Seattle. Uh, hopefully Ryan can muster something from the pile of crap that I left him as there was quite a lot of interference on the mic from there. Got a debate coming up, uh, the regular Ask Dan uh, previews and reviews, but we'll start as ever with uh, what have we been up to since the last show. Everyone is quite interested in uh, Dan's uh, rainbow collection, which he wouldn't reveal during the last episode in case someone outbid him but uh, I can now reveal the amount that he actually bought his cards for no one on the planet Earth would have outbid him Dan tell us what your rainbow was and uh, what did you pay <laughs> yeah so uh, the eBay pickups that I made I got um, a number to five and one of the three one of ones on a 2014 Spectra rookie combos OBJ and Mike Evans the, the to five only cost me $51, which is quite a good price, despite what you say. Um, the one of one um, was stupidly expensive, unfortunately. It was okay. $200. The one, of, <laughs> the one of one, it was up as a buy it now price. Was it was it 280 or something like that? Two, 280 buy it now, yeah, all best offer. Yeah, and I believe as a group, the three of us uh, chatted about how much you should offer. You put a couple of offers in, they were, they were thrown back straight away. Uh, in the end, you messaged the guy and he came back with the, the figure you paid, wasn't it? $200? Yeah, $200, yeah. Yeah, which kind of goes against everything that we've given advice on previous episodes. <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah. I think, I, as usual, one of one's only worth what somebody will pay for it. And uh, he found the mug that wanted it, which was me. So there you go. We did research uh, other one of ones from that same set, and they were going for between forty and fifty-five dollars tops. So, uh, yeah. Not so, only had OBJ on there, you know. Well, no, no. For two hundred dollars, I want a proper BJ. Never mind OBJ, mate. Bloody hell! But, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it is. I can't say anything because uh, if you listen to early episodes, you know that last year I paid. $300 for a Chris Carson one of one to complete my rainbow. So uh, it is, as Dan said, one of one is whatever someone is prepared to pay for it. So it's uh, do as we say, not as we do. Any other cards coming down or is that your uh, card buying budget for the month gone? No, yeah, I had a pretty good, uh, had a pretty good couple of weeks. I opened, got around to opening the package that you sent me and there was two boxes of uh, Panini football 2018 in there. So I got them open, raided them. I only really want the base. So at some point, there will be a hit up and some inserts and stuff in the group. Um, I got a Giants hit out of one of the boxes, which is bang on, works for me. Uh, and then I did, I say I did quite well. I think I only got two hit cards in the November epic uh, break with Steve, but one of them was an absolute doozy, a Bill Parcells auto numbered out of two. So I'm well chuffed with that. Very civil. Ryan, what's been uh, making its way to Maidstone? Um, yeah, I took a took delivery of a little bit of an Eddie George rookie card selection from our, one of our uh, collectors in in Holland. Uh, it included a Eddie George rookie autograph. Rookie George, um, kind of annoying um, in terms of his price. So he's he's 
his price is a lot higher than you actually would think but that's because he, he has got one of the best autos just an absolutely fabulous auto so i was really happy with that a couple of brakes absolutely dudded in the brakes um so so roll on to opening some packs at the end of this week yeah uh i've been pretty quiet since i came back from Saturday a couple of weeks ago um Immaculate came out last week, which we're going to review. And I've been in, uh, I bought one to four breaks, I think I did with that. And I, and I came out quite well, came out with about five or six decent hit cards. So uh, I'm avoiding anything on eBay from Immaculate for the next couple of weeks because the prices at the moment are scandalous. I'm, I'm watching stuff, but the prices are sky high. Uh, I've got a few more for my Prism Rainbow, which they've been sent to the Seattle office. And yeah, I I caved last night at work when I said I wasn't going to go back to the States again until probably March, April next year. And I ended up booking to go out again in a fortnight's time. So I'm going to San Francisco, watch the Seahawks play there, then on to Seattle for a couple of days to pick up some packages. Uh, so I've advanced my uh, my purchasing on eBay today, throwing some uh, stuff out of the blowout and DNA Cyber Monday week sale as such, uh, throwing some boxes out there, topping up the mag cases for for the guys back here as well, and uh, yeah, so that's what we've been up to since the last episode. Let's move on to hobby news. Ryan, what can you tell us about uh, Panini One? I believe. Yeah, so Panini One, this sort of the the first early um, early design prints came out. Um, about the sort of time we recorded the last episode but we've got a little bit more info going on right now sell sheet is out so panini one is a brand new product um which will be out in january 23rd of january um it is one card one box um uh <laughs> haven't already had a quick look at it you might tell by the sound of my voice that i'm not exactly the most impressed bunny in the world um so each box will contain one card each box is 94 dollars 85% of the print run are patch autos, um, and most of the patch autos are, at, at the, you know, there's all the, the, the rookies and stuff like that, there's all vets, there's lots of vets in there, but you only get one card. Had a, had a good look through the first um, designs, the, the the big one they're running up is the um, autograph bronzes, which are sort of a veterans, and I think they are absolutely disgusting. Um they're number to 49 um just imagine this you know uh, we're trying to do it here on a podcast is difficult but it's basically you've got on one side of the card you've got the player in like an impeccable type um design so it's all like watercolor and then on the other half of the card it's like score like a really cack picture with an auto um it, it just doesn't look right it's absolutely it really doesn't look right um I've got huge issues with why the hell Panini need to put out a one-card box. Um, it's not one for collectors. It's not one that you we're going to buy. We're, put it this way: we're not going to buy a load of boxes for the group because who's going to enter a, into a break in the group for one box? Do you know what I mean? Um, it's clearly something that's that's being pitched for breakers to go and buy cases. But even then, at ninety-four dollars, would you buy into a break for I don't know what we're talking about? Seventy-five, eighty dollars for a break to with the chance of winning 20 cards also i just don't see the value holding up um i've done a bit of research on this one um just looking this week i mean carry on johnson rpa between 35 40 dollars josh rosen even 30 to 50 dollars bacon mayfield obviously is you know over a hundred dollars barkley 45 to 100 dollars darnold 
40 odd to 70 odd ish dollars for RPA Ridley around 42 dollars um, on an impeccable I saw this week I, I just don't see the value in it I really not quite sure I th- agree with the concept of it but you know there we go no we we have all looked over the checklist for that and there's I think some of the cards is it out of 99 so you're paying basically 100 bucks for a card that's there's 98 other cards of, of that same same yeah. one floating about so it's not going to hold its value this is probably one product that's going to debut at like we said it's about 90, 94 95 bucks when it comes out in a couple of weeks time and this is probably going to be March April next year you'll be able to pick this up for 45 dollars a pop because once the four or five Tom Brady's are out which everyone's going to be sniffing around for this that's what it is it, it, it's Panini doing a, a chase for the Tom Brady auto and people will buy it you know I don't think anyone over here will. Even Dan, when he's chasing his £200, $40 cards, will be going for this one. So, no, Dan, what's uh, your opinion on the Panini one? I, uh, yeah, I kind of agree. I agree with Ryan. I don't particularly like the design of the card. Um, and I agree with you in terms of the numbering and stuff that they're putting in there. They're not going to be, they're not going to be too particularly special. I don't, I don't mind the idea though. I don't mind the idea of it being a one card, one box, um, bit of a gamble. If it was a slightly better product on the inside, if you know what I mean, if it was a if it was a more high end product that you were getting, and you were sort of, you're never going to guarantee yourself a hundred percent return on on what you put in. But if you see what I mean, if you could, if you'd be looking at more of a return on on what you're putting in, then I'd have less of an issue with it. Yeah, exactly, but if. You- if you've got one card in a box, then it should be maximum print run of 10 because that way you're, there's something to chase in there. It should be limited numbers. But yeah, exactly. Out, that. A, a, a no-name rookie out of 99 and I've paid near enough 100 bucks for it, you're basically being left with a $10 card if you're lucky. And so if you've got that sort of money to spunk, then, then good luck to you. But it's I, I can't really see that one being a success, but, well, time will tell. And... Uh, yeah, we'll have to watch that when it comes out. Uh, Dan, what checklist. You... Sorry, just to say, having having looked at the having looked at the checklist as well, there's a lot of cards in there, so they could have numbered them all to ten, for instance, and they'd have still made more than enough boxes, <laughs> considering there's only one card in one card in per box. Exactly, there will be case after case of that floating round on a Black Friday next year on Blowout and DNA, yeah. where it will work out about thirty bucks a box because. There'll be nothing in there, nothing in there at all. But anyway, yeah. on to the next one. Uh, Dan, what can you tell us uh, in the hobby news section? So there's been the announcement that points and Panini points and patches will make its return shortly after the Super Bowl, the week following the Super Bowl. This product lands. Uh, don't know any more about it than that. They haven't done a sell sheet or um, anything like that. The reason I'm talking about it really is because I have I have massive issues with Panini plates and patches. I I think any product that you're going to guarantee that you're going to get a one of one in the product as a one of one collector is just massively devaluing that that side of it. If you know what I mean, the ability to get a printing plate in a box of cards is like it should be seen as a oh wow look what I've hit. Not I'm buying that box because I know it's got one in. It's just it's just like making the market for the plates plummet anyway, so they're becoming worth less and less because this product comes out and it's absolutely chock full of them and they flood the market. Um, 
yeah, not good. Not good for me, that product, that product coming out. I, I don't like it at all. Ryan, what do you think of uh, the oncoming plates and patches? I'm going to completely and utterly disagree. Um, I think that plates and patches has always been a really good, fun, breaking product. I think that it's good to have, when, particularly when we do sort of mixed years and mixed um, breaks, I think it's a cracking product to put in because you genuinely are guaranteed some nice, or at least one um okay card out of it whether it's a nice auto whether it's a nice member or or a decent player for a printing plate now i, I agree on the printing plate issues um uh dan but you know my views anyway on one-on-ones um uh which we'll explore another time um um i i've had have checked out the sell sheet and i have to say the all hall autographs look like a pretty nice card to collect um bases 99 or less and then they got all different parallels going down um it looks like it'll be an on card and it's celebrating the legacies of some of the most revered members of the hall of fame um some of the other cards in there are not particularly it looks very much like something we're going to talk about and review a little bit later the design um it, it i don't know Whoever designed um, Playbook, I think, might have designed this one because the patches look exactly the same. Um, so it, it doesn't really stand out for me. I think it used to stand out quite well, plates and patches with their design. But I think the design's a bit cack. Um, but I do like the uh, the look of the All Hall. And, yeah, it's a good breaking, breaking um, product. Yeah, I think I'll probably sit on the fence of this one. Some boxes i've seen in plates and patches over the years have been quite good and some have been pretty rank but yeah it's it's not something that i'll get excited about but then again once it does come out i'll be chasing for my pc obviously so yeah well that's the forthcoming comeback so to speak of plates and patches uh one other item of hobby news for this episode is national hobby shop day is back uh, i think it's the second year on december the 8th uh, hobby shops across the states are uh, opening their doors with panini and beckett's and uh, a few other distrib- uh, distributors have given them some gear to give away so they're going to be a big focus on uh, getting more people into the hobby i think this year there's 200 hobby shops at least taking part last year there's 100 and as you know there's probably about 1200 hobby shops in the state so a long way to go uh no hobby shops over here so no giveaways but there's probably some uh some online stuff if you keep your eyes out for your, the hobby shops that you buy from you might be able to pick up a few bits and pieces that they've had come in to give away to guys who go in the shop but as none of us are over in the states unfortunately then it's just something we'll have to keep an eye on for now right product review time three products to review and our first one is playoff football Dan, what are the scores on the doors for this one? Okay, it released on the 21st, 21st, excuse me, of November. Product configuration, you're getting eight cards per pack, 12 packs per box, and 20 boxes per case. On average, in each box, you're expecting to find two autographs, two memorabilia cards, 20 inserts, 12 rookies, and four parallels. Right then, what's the... uh... What's the opinion on this one? Sorry, Dan, I thought you were going to carry on with Sorry, that. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm, I'm a fan for the sole reason that we could we could pick it up over here last year. I've really got a soft spot for it because we could buy it. It's not one of them I'm going to run out and buy boxes and boxes and boxes of, but it's it's a nice, you know, low-end, low-end product. 
it's about the same price as all the other sort of similar products. So, you know, $94 that you can pick this up for. Hobby boxes of 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 products pretty much on a level like classics or something like that. They're all around the that sort of similar price. There's plenty of the inserts, the 20 inserts that you get in, there's lots, lots of them to collect and go after. I'm, I'm, it's not going to set the world on fire, is it? But it's, there's nothing there's nothing particularly up with it, in my opinion. Okay, Ryan, what's your opinion on Playoff? Yeah, I mean, um, we've kind of had the chat before about it. I think Playoff is great, uh, a really good product to, if you're starting out to go and collect. Plenty of inserts in there, plenty of different things to have a look at. The one thing that... Um, we talked about contenders um, in the last show and also Brian you said and rightly so is look you see these first designs come off like, and they're just print on paper they're mock-ups and you think sometimes in real life they're going to look really bad or sometimes they look a lot better the thing with with Panini Playoff, with again, there's a sort of a chase in there they've got a limited edition amount of preview contenders rookie tickets so I've seen a couple of those and I don't like it I know that I said before that the preview pictures for contenders looked really nice, what they'd done with the rookie ticket. But now I've seen the actual, I don't like it. Um, but that's all I've got to say on playoff. <laughs> yeah, I watched a couple of breaks <clears throat> earlier today and I see one of those uh, rookie tickets come out. Was it Josh Rosenman, I think? It looked a bit... Uh, Sticker Auto, numbered to 24. It's like, yeah, okay. they are limited, uh, the ones uh, in there. Yeah, but... As a whole, it's very, it's a very meh product to me. You know, it's it's bottom end of the middle tier of of collecting cards. It's nice if you want if you want to start out, but for for what you're paying, um, playoff football that every year, if you wait six seven months, the, the price will half. You can go and blow out on DNA now and pick out last year's ones for like thirty dollars. $30 a pop so there's nothing too exciting in there um, there's a couple of Seahawks rookies in there uh, Will Disley and Trey Flowers who've not been in any uh, products in their Seahawks uniforms today so I'll be I'll be sniffing around a couple of their base cards which I'm sure I can pick up for next to nothing but it's not something that I'll be uh, entering any breaks for or, or being interested in buying until it comes down next year and it's sort of like a third of the price and it's just ripping some wax for fun which is what we guys like to do so so that's playoff football dealt with uh, our second one let's go on to immaculate football Dan what are the details on this one please this one released on the 23rd of November this year um, you're getting six cards per pack one pack per box and six boxes per case you're looking at five autographs or relics and one base or base parallel in each box for your $375 I believe there's also a first off the line version. How much does that retail at? 525, I believe. And for the extra $140, what can you expect in there? A a, uh, a parallel card. <laughs> a special first off the line parallel card. Well. Wow. Okay, let's start with Ryan on this one. Ryan, what's your uh, opinion on this year's Immaculate NFL? Yeah, I'm um, looked at a few well, looked at quite a few breaks and we uh, we were actually involved weren't we lads in a, in a, in a case break which um, was a bit disappointing if I think um, would be the, uh, just a disappointing case there weren't really any mega cards that came out there was a couple of one-on-ones of rank players you know what I mean um, but there wasn't any big booms in the case was very very disappointed with that 
Um, the acetate autos this year, the acetate finish on the cards, I think looks um, a little bit nicer than last year's product, but I did notice a bloody sticker. Uh, we don't like stickers um, on those low-ended, low-numbered cards. Um, I think my probably my favourite part of the collection, again, you know, it's not like uh, the Titans have loads of these people, um, that have Immaculate Seasons. So the Immaculate Seasons, um, I do like that run, number to 25. They look really, really nice. Um, it's, it's, it's a really, really nice product, really, you know, good high-end product, um, but I bit disappointed with a couple of the stickers i'd seen knocking around um at the price point of 375 um we'll probably end up breaking quite a bit over the next 12 months we did the last season's product and we did really well out of it so you know you got a i suppose uh run with the rough and smooth on this one but um it's a great it's a nice product and um and uh, and I have to say the variations of the bits and pieces you can get in the helmets the jock straps the whatever it is the floodlights whatever they can get into a card they're trying to get it into immaculate some of them are absolutely stunning and some of them are a little bit odd but um but there's lots of variation and i think i really quite like that about immaculate you never quite know what you're going to get um like i said a bit disappointed with the case break that we did but um but yeah uh, it's like a box of chocolates <laughs> dan what do you think of this year's immaculate uh, I, i'm a fan um not for me not a lot's changed from last year other than you've got new rookies in there um, I know Ryan touched on the, the, the finish perhaps being slightly nicer but they've always put uh, random stuff in and their cleats and shoelaces as he was saying and and whatever else whatever else they try and squeeze into squeeze into a big thick card um, it's a lovely product it's nice high end I would suggest I'm, I'm still not that the eye black autographs are in there I know Ryan touched on stickers. The eye black autos are just sticker autos in disguise. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's it's a good quality high end product for me. It's one of one of the better ones. I'd take. I mean, we talked about this with with a with a different product, but I'd take four boxes of that over a box of flawless for me. Yeah, uh, big fan of immaculate. Uh, like it i think they've got the best um the best non-autos in fact they've got like the helmets and and gloves and other bits and pieces are all really the cards are really classy and thick and and good quality the nice glove patches are all low numbered and stuff uh the eye black autos yeah they are sticker autos but at least it shows a little bit of initiative and it's not just something that's just slapped on a completely different color some of them look quite classy especially when they've got a, a decent autograph on there uh, like I said, I went into, uh, I think it was four breaks, uh, three and a half cases being broken. I think I picked up four or five decent Seahawks autos. So quite happy with that. The patches are good. What I actually did get out of one of them in, in the Mojo break was I got a 2016 Earl Thomas uh, patch auto in there. Immaculate, they, they quite often stick cards from previous years in there how does that come about guys do we know how they end up putting old product into new product so to speak in terms of like yeah um there was there was a bit like the panini honors what they get is they'll get a load of cards that might come back out of um particularly like that's why you have redemptions so let's say julio jones which we were talked about randomly sent back five thousand cards 
if it was in a particular run that they're going to re they could just reissue it and we've seen that with a couple of products over the years haven't we where they've stuck in different products i think contenders have done it um and other products as well where they've stuck in older print runs it's just basically they've got a load of cards in stock um how do we get rid of these cool well, there we go then. That's immaculate done. Third product we're going to review today is Rookies and Stars, or as Dan's going to call it, Rookies and Stars. Uh, <laughs> Dan, what is the uh, what are the details on this one, please? Well, I won't disappoint you. Rookies and Stars um, was released yesterday, which was the 26th of November. You're getting 10 cards per pack, 6 packs per box, 14 boxes per case, 2 autographs, 2 mem cards, 22 inserts, 12 rookies, five numbered parallels, and two numbered Optichrome inserts. And again, same as playoff, $94 for this one. Okay, what are our opinions on that, Dan? You might as well start. I have never, I've never been a fan of it. I've never been a fan of it. Um, we talked about it just before the show, and I'm assured they're not doing them anymore, that they used to a manufactured patch, and it's always just kind of put me off. Some of the inserts, some of the some of the parallels they do are nice. Um, I haven't seen that much of this year's. I'm not sure if they still do them, but they used to do the, um, the sort of three parallels that went together. So you'd have a player in the middle, and then you'd have die-cut cards that, that fitted together with the other ones either side. Um, they were lovely. But again, similar to similar to playoff, it's just sort of a a, a low the low end of the of the mid range mid range products for me. Nothing nothing special about them. Ryan, what do you uh, think of this year's rookies and stars? Yeah, I think of um, sort of all those products uh, that you know. It's just a box to crack. You know what I mean? The low end. Uh, I, I have no problem with rookies and stars at all. Um, cracked quite a few boxes of older product and it's always been a bit meh but um but i think the design this year yeah it's still pretty meh the one thing that i would if i was in that mood of collecting something one insert i do really like the air, airborne inserts um and they are the optichromes so um i'd be you know if there was one sort of insert i've seen so far out of all the products that i thought right i might just collect this whole um do the whole collection um then that i, I quite like the the, the that optichrome um airborne card i think it's it's pretty sweet um obviously um the big chase in here was uh, the tom brady um and uh, as i discovered this morning it was uh, there's only five of them so um god knows how many cases probably hundred thousand cases let alone how many boxes and you've got to chase five brady's so um, good luck yeah, exactly. Another lower middle-end product coming out at just underneath $100. Uh, nothing exception there at all. Like we said, it, it's the chase for the five Brady autos. I think Brady's sent back a batch of about 500 autos this year and Panini had drip-feeding them out in various products, knowing that people are keen to uh, pull one because... Uh, his autos are, are worth $700, $800 no matter what. So the chase goes on. Um, can't, it's not we're looking like a playoff as well it's, it's the same sort of thing for me it's a very low range yep I'll pick up the Seahawks base and if there's a couple of hits in there I'll go for it but it's not something that really floats my boat so to speak so there you got your three product reviews for this episode uh, we're just going to touch quickly on three uh, products being released in December three consecutive weeks although Pellini do have a habit this season of uh, 
pushing release dates back by a couple of weeks at the last minute. So uh, in three consecutive uh, weekends, is it weekends? Well, where it is, the 5th, 12th and 19th of December, we've got uh, Obsidian coming out, Playbook and Donruss Optic. Which of those uh, three would you like as a Christmas present if you were allowed to have Ryan? I thought I thought we were going to go for it on Obsidian, but we're not. Um, <laughs> um, I'd probably go with Optic. I think um, only for the basis that um, I suppose the chase is a bit better. So if you did pull a um, one of the top rookies, the the, the value of Optics is very quite a collectible um, collectible product. But that's probably be my only reason. Dan, which of those three would be uh, top of your Christmas list? Playbook for me. I'm looking forward to that making a comeback. Optic would would be a, a quite a close second. I uh, I won a box in a competition from Steve last year. I really enjoyed cracking that. It's a, it, it is a nice product, and I have a sneaking suspicion that could sort of get towards the sort of prism end of the being collectible this year. I like optic, but I, I'd still, I'd still go for, I'd still go for playbook. No, nobody's picking Obsidian, are they? No, well, that's the, that Obsidian is the first one that releases, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what it actually looks like when it comes out of the boxes, because the design, uh, I don't think there's anything they can do to change the design, so that still look absolutely hideous when it comes out. But yeah, the fifth that comes out, uh, Mojo have got about three cases of that up on their website at the moment, which I'm trying to persuade Ryan to buy the Titans. <laughs> but I don't think he's going for it for some reason. I mean, it so, got. It, it, I mean, the, the saga that is Obsidian. I mean, uh, that you know, I got the email. I've forwarded it on to you. And I'm sure you guys have seen it of the the card pre-cuts. So this is when they manufacture the cards in big sheets, basically before they cut. And then Panini quite like to show you the cards, you know, just after before they start cutting them. Uh, I'm just thinking, what the f- I, what what is that? It, what what is it 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 looks like they look like the inside of that um of a, a nightclub in the 2000s where they tried to do an 80s room it just looks apps i just can't I, I, how are they going to charge 150 dollars for that how they uh, it, uh I, I need my glasses my sunglasses on just to even freaking look at them horrible things and that's one pack. Is it six or seven cards for for your hundred and fifty bucks? Yeah, um, yeah. Four autos or memorabilia cards, two etch parallels, and one base card. So, for if we gave you five hundred dollars to spend, right, you get two boxes of that and two Panini ones, and you'd be well away. I'd be well away. I'd absolutely well <laughs> away. The problem is, even if I tried to burn them, I'm a bit worried of this new technology. This, sorry, this the eruption of sharp, edgy, and contemporary designs. Contemporary, nineteen eighties. It's not contemporary. Um, I'd be a little bit afraid that they wouldn't burn properly. So, um, when, you, when you're bored, if you look at them for long enough, you might be able to see like an elephant or a fish. Well, I haven't suffered. For, they remind me of uh, magic eye pictures. I haven't suffered for mind grains for about a year, but honestly. When I look at them, I can't. I can't do it. If 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 Steve tries to break a box, I won't be able to watch it. <laughs> You'll change your mind when that uh, Mariota one one comes out, and it'll be pride of place in your collection. The mantelpiece. Well, I've seen the the, the cut of the Mariota card, and it looks <laughs> awful. Okay, then. 
So, yeah, that's the preview section done as well. Right, let's move on to the masturbate. And this episode's subject uh, is one that, again, we will probably all fall on the same side of. But here we go. Right, this episode's debate is, are there too many football products? Let's start with Ryan. What's your opinion on this one, mate? Well, I, I think what I'm going to do is set the scene here because uh, you guys know that I did a bit of research. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to go through this and just see how this goes, right? Okay, so 20 in 2017, this is the products that we had available to us. You ready? Score, Select, Spectra, Unparalleled, Vertex, VR, XR, Playoff, Rookin, Stars, Prison, Prestige, Preferred, Plates and Patches, Phoenix, Oranges, Absolute Football, Pantheon, Certified Football, Donruss Football, Donruss Certified Cuts, National Treasures, Donruss Elite Football, Donruss Optic, Panini Football, Panini Classics, Contenders, Contenders Optic, Encase Floors, Gold Standard, Illusions, Immaculate, Impeccable, Limited, Majestic. That's the NFL product. Then in collegiate, immaculate collegiate, floors collegiate, contenders, draft picks, NT collegiate and elite collegiate. And then, of course, you had all the leaf best of and clear draft, metals, Trinity, ultimate and valiant. That was 2017. So was that, yeah? So, yeah, I totted it up and just the NFL stuff was 35 products. Okie doke. And this year so far? Um, (laughs) You bastard. Um, So, so far we have this year um, or that we know that's coming up. So these are these are products that are probably going to release up to February. Absolute certified football classics, Donruss football elite, um, Panini football elements, gold standard illusions, impeccable luminance, majestic oranges, phoenix, prestige, prism, spectre, unparalleled, XR score, playoff, immaculate rookies and stars, obsidian playbook, optic contenders, um, contenders limited and one and plates and patches, plus all the collegiate stuff as well. Is that going to be at the same level, or is it slightly more or slightly less? Yeah, that's what I was looking at. It, it, you know, you've lost from 2017. We've, we've it looks like we've lost preferred um, Pantheon and Domra certified cuts. Thank God, that was probably the worst product ever made. Um, and, but they have added in uh, elements, luminance, obsidian, playbook, and one. Um, we could be on for a bit of a record because I think they might be able to. If it goes on at this rate, they probably will top that 35. Okay, Dan, what's your uh opening view on this one short answer uh, yes there is uh, I think the real reason for it is is there's, there's just too many of them that are the same um, I noted down a, a, a couple but I'm sure everybody out there can can draw their own conclusions on it but a Phoenix and Unparalleled might as well be the same product we, we pretty much only need one of them yeah definitely um, Score Panini Football Classics they all kind of do this the same thing they've all got very similar inserts and it just feels like the, the products for the for the sake of releasing products if you know what I mean if you took the, the best of the, the things that score does best, the things that Panini football does best, the things that classics does best, and you put them all into one product, would anybody have an issue with that and only having to go after the one the, the one product? I, I, I don't think I don't think it'd be an issue. I, I think they're just trying to force force more and more out into the market and there's there's too much there's too much overlap. There's too many too much similarity between so many of the products for me. No, I, I go along with, with you on that, Dan. There's there's so many products that come out that are very similar to each other. Like you said, Unparalleled and, and Phoenix, very similar and stuff. Score, Classics and stuff. Even a couple of ones we talked about today, you're looking at um, playoff football, rookies and stars, plates and patches. They're all similar sort of, sort of cards. There's, there's no difference in them. Um, they seem to be releasing a lot of 
of lower end stuff now as well, but a higher end price as such. You know, I think player football would be decent at $65, $70 a box, not coming up towards $100 a box. I think they have watered down the market a lot. There are, as we discussed in previous episodes, you've got things like Gold Standard they sent out, which could have been a decent product, but it was it looked cheap, it looked nasty, it looked like someone drunk was putting the stickers on, and it was no effort goes into it. It's it's purely a cash cow for them now, and with an exclusive license, that's not going to change over the next four or five years, whatever they've got left on their exclusive deal. If there were four products from last year and this year, so to speak, that you would like to get rid of, which ones would those be? Ryan, let's go with you first. Yeah, um, whew, I mean, the last year, I think that let's go with uh, let's go with what we've had already because we don't really know exactly what's coming up yet. We're not that in tune with the industry, um, but uh, I mean, XR straight away. What's the point of XR? Um, that's absolute crap. Um, unparalleled. Let's get rid of unparalleled. Um, Phoenix, I could live without. Prestige, I could live without. Okay, Dan, what would you like to? see off the shelves uh, I think I'd, I'd quite like to keep one of Phoenix Unparalleled or XR um, like dump XR but keep one of Phoenix and Unparalleled but just keep one of them and then it fills that market for um, for the rainbow collectors and uh, what have you I said before I'm not a fan of rookies and stars that can go that can go for me um, this, yeah that's probably about it there's nothing there's nothing I've got a massive hatred of other than other than obsidian, I just found there's there's too much that muddies the waters, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think I, I'd probably been one of, yeah, possibly Phoenix because it's just, uh, don't know. There's some nice looking cards in there, but it's all all very samey. I'd probably keep unparalleled for, as Dan said, for the for the rainbow chase. Uh, I think elements could disappear. Uh, or the only there's one card in every box of those which is good it's the on card um metal auto and such that's a nice card but the rest of it now is absolute ch- chundra inducing so yeah there's quite a few that should should be thinned out but it is as we said earlier it's, it's a cash cow for panini although we seem to go about three or four weeks where there was no football product released at all uh, until prison came out now prison came out and this year they were trying to go down the route that they've done with their basketball uh, boxes of having one silver prism per box in there priced it quite highly and that's not exactly had a good effect for them it's people aren't chasing the silver prism no. people are still just chasing their rainbows yeah chasing their autos uh, as you guys know i've been collecting um alex magoo the seahawks uh, practice squad quarterback his um his autographs i got his out of 10 gold out of 10 for about 23 dollars few days ago whereas if you've got our first round drop it Rashad Penny the running back who's finally shown uh, some form on the pitch as well uh, his out of 10 went for about 130 $140 and they're, they're just crazy prices you know so the price of Prism has come down the last week or so I think you can get it now for about 140 and during the Black Friday sales uh, DNA and Blowout were doing it for about 120 a box so if you'd have waited for that, then then you'd have got a couple of good deals. So, what other products would you like to see come back that are no longer around? Obviously, we're talking non-Panini products. Ryan, 
name is two that you'd like to see come back in some form? Well, um, yeah, obviously it's very, very difficult with exclusivity. I think that 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 it is creating this particular problem. I, um, I think the problem, the other thing is, is the creative side of it. That I have a big, big, bigger problem with Pinini. Um, in terms of if you actually look at what they keep, they take away and they what they bring in, you know. Um, Luminance, I, I can live with. I actually quite liked the the rookie um, or the rookie was it rookie signing day autos. I think that they're nice. Yeah, I, I, I can go with that. But if you actually really look at it, like one is basically playbook, but one card. You know, uh, we'll, uh, you know, we'll get into it when they all come out. But actually, if you look at it, the designs, are really really similar. You've got obsidian and elements, which is just I don't know where the hell they come from in terms of it. Um, and it seems to be going down this very much like we're going to make them as bright and garish as possible. I think what Panini do is pair it back. Pair it back because I don't know who who's going to buy. The problem is, is I don't know who's going to buy a freaking box of Obsidian. Do you, I don't know because I think traditional collectors, I, I can't see it being something that traditional collectors are want. It's too expensive for, for a younger generation of collectors. Um, so I, I don't know, who, who are you aim, aiming that product at? I would like to see them pair it back a little bit and go back to to and do some different things. Um, I would like to probably see something in that mid to higher. I really liked Lux, for example. I think Lux would be a hugely popular con- uh, product this year, considering those rookies. Everybody knows that I absolutely love Exquisite. Um, that's not going to come back because we got that exclusivity. Um, the other point I wanted to make, the, the, the you know, obviously exquisite, I bring back in an instant, because um, it's class. It looks like a classy card. Do you know what I mean? Even the absolute janky players, and I've got a whole box downstairs, and I love them all. These are players that, some of them have done some things in the NFL, some of them haven't. The patches are absolutely gorgeous. The design's really nice, and the autos are really clean. It's like somebody's actually taking the effort to produce a really nice card. Um, but some they need to do some different things. I mean, one of the things that I actually really liked about two products this year. Um, uh, okay, I'm going to go on Flaws Collegiate, but I haven't collected it. Maybe it's something I might do later on. But they've got coach signatures in there. And I've been so tempted to jump on a couple of those. Do you know what I mean? Um, um, and the same with Pantheon. And, and Dan pulled uh, Bill Parcells the other night out of Pantheon last year. Like, I would love to collect, have a coach's collection. But I, I don't know any of these products on this list that has something different like that. Do you know what I mean? No, exactly, yeah. Apart, apart from apart from bit that I missed earlier in the show, Stupid Ryan, which is that um, in the... Uh, is it in uh, Optic Football? I've, I don't know how I forgot to say this. In Optic Football, do you know what we've got return of? Fans of the game autos. Fans of the game autos. Fans of the game in there again. Yes, yeah. Um, So if that's the best that Panini can do in terms of bringing something different, is basically rehashing some 1980s poor disco designs of inside of clubs. And I I don't know where we're going with this. I I think they need to start thinking outside of what fans and collectors actually want, um, maybe, and not, you know, go on these drunken, drug-infueled all-nighters and start designing new product. Um, I've got another one we can drop. Origins first. That can go. 
Nova, Nova autos. That's going to be really controversial, isn't it? But I just, I just, the fact that you've got Nova autos and it's purely rookies, I'm sick and tired of it being a chase after rookies. Um, so that one can go. Come back. Um, I'm glad to see Playbook come back because I like it. I know it was probably only off for a year, um, but I am glad to see the return of that. And I'd like to see the return of Black Gold. I wasn't a massive fan of black gold, in fairness. Some of the autos were, were lovely. The con- the gold autos contrasting on the black background, I thought that they were really nice. And they seem to have um, taken that away to bring in gold standard, which is just awful anyway. So um, you can swap them back and we'll have black gold back and you can, you can keep your gold standard for me. Yeah, black gold was a nice product, but again, it was... Uh... Just from a collector's point of view, the cards were too thick to go in, in your folder, but then they weren't really up to the standard to, to be put in a mag case. So it was uh, just a little <laughs> a little glitch from a collector's point of view. But I've got got a few of those floating around as well, uh, and the really thick ones with the shields in as well. They were uh, you find a lot of those in in the card shops in the states when I'm flicking through. They're in there for four or five dollars a time. But a lot of the time that the uh, the gold shield or silver shield in the middle there has just dropped out. So the craftsmanship on that is not not of the highest level, I wouldn't say. Uh, if we could bring back a couple of products, oh, triple threads, I'd like to see come back. Oh yeah, good, good, good. I, I do like a nice triple threads and uh, uh, chrome as well. Man alive, I cracked open a box I brought back from Seattle. I think it was a 2006 one. Just the cards going through it. A lot of them are no names that no no longer the NFL or are absolutely dog shit when they were in the NFL. But you just couldn't help looking at such good quality cards, you know. And if I can grab a couple more boxes of that when I'm out there, I think that like 35 bucks a box, getting them for out there. There's only two left on the shelves, so they're probably gone by the time I get back out there. But but such good quality cards that that you'd collect if they brought something like that out at a decent quality, decent reasonable price, then I would collect that. Never mind just the Seals cards, I would collect that, you know. But just pipe dreams. Whilst Panini's quality control is a case of throw them out, make lots of profit, and who really cares about the collectors out there, that's not going to change. So let's sum it up then. Dan, yes or no? (laughs) Are there too many football products? Yes. Okay. Ryan, I think you're a yes as well. Yeah, and the quality's getting worse. I think I'm a yes as well. If anyone has a different opinion to us, feel free to get in touch. Uh, you should all know our Twitter feed by now, which is at WaxPackLyrical, or you can email us, which is uh, WaxPackLyrical at gmail.com. We are now getting some emails from people not from the Stoke-on-Trent area who are related to Dan, which is quite good. So anything you want to bring up and have us discuss on the show, please get in touch. Right, I've got a guest interview now. Uh, when I was back in Seattle a couple of weeks ago, uh, met with a very nice guy uh, for Eagles Cards in Kent in Washington, uh, about 15 miles south of Seattle. Eagle Knutson, a uh, lovely guy, has been running a shop for 30 years now. His shop is now attached to his house, his garage. Lovely guy, great interview coming up. He's got some great stories and apologies for the uh, quality of the microphone. Uh, welcome back to Wax Pack Lyrical's guest interviews time. We're over in the States once again, in Kent, Washington to be precise, uh, Eagles Baseball Store, uh, which is about 20 miles south of Seattle itself. Here with the uh, the main man himself, Mr. Eagle Nutson. Eagle, thanks for giving us plenty, uh, some of your time here today. Uh, can you tell us about 
the history of your uh, card shop. Okay. My name is Eagle Knutson. And, <laughs> and uh, I guess the history of it goes back from, you know, being a kid and collecting cards. But uh, it wasn't until after uh, I was married that I actually went back and got the old collection out of my mom's attic and uh, and then just started for a few years of just collecting. Uh, but I had a little room in my house, so I kind of designed it a little bit, kind of like a future card shop if it ever happened in the in the far future. But as it turned out, just a few years later, I actually opened up because it was the late '80s when this <clears throat> there was a little bit of a craze on this, and so I I decided uh, you know I found a little place that I could rent pretty inexpensively, and and so I just opened up and just put an A-frame out on the road and during that time it was nuts everyone collected so people were just lined up all day long and just selling stuff and and then that gave me an up you know a good head start but then when things got a little tougher I did ha have a pretty good inventory built up where I could kind of coast along without having to buy too much but uh anyway just weathered it and then just kept going and going so I've had my store open now for uh about 30 years Okay, so. uh, it's classed as Eagles Baseball Card Shop. Uh, how did that name come about? The reason it was called that, I guess, is at the time when I was trying to think of a name. I mean, my name is is Eagle Knutsen, but it's spelled E G I L. It's a Norwegian name. I'm, I was originally from Norway, born there, and came over when I was a little kid. But I've always gone by the name Eagle. So I thought, well, I'll name it after my name, but I'll spell it like the bird to make it easy for everyone here. And uh, <clears throat> anyway. I went with the baseball card shop mainly because during that time, I think that was the main thing was, I mean, football cards and basketball cards were not very popular and it was, it was all about baseball card collecting. So I just gave it that name and then, but I, even, even myself, I've probably been more of a football card collector my throughout my whole life really than, than baseball. But, uh, even though I do, I do collect all three, meaning baseball, basketball, and football, have hockey cards in here but don't know much about them because it's i just kind of drew the line uh, you know at, at those three and i figured that was enough to keep up with and those are the three sports i follow and enjoy watching more at, than hockey anyway so uh, but you know when you buy collections over 30 years you end up with a lot of inventory and a lot of stuff so i do have a little bit of hockey as well <laughs> have you got any idea how many uh, cards you actually got in your store no, I don't even have a clue because I have so many. <laughs> I keep them organized pretty well, but I never really took the time to count them. But I know just in a little crawl space under there, one time I had to move some of my common cards to get them out of my way. And I'm, I was kind of adding that, and I figured there was around 2 million of those. Just in, That's just in a place where you can't even see because it's kind of underneath a little crawl space. So that means... There's millions, millions. <laughs> I know a lot of the guys from the UK would uh, spend a couple of weeks basically camped out in your shop here. Uh, you've got old boxes going back to uh, see some late 90s boxes over there on the wall, early 2000s. Is there still a, a market for the old cards? A little bit. I mean, you know, because there's people still that, that collected as a kid. And then all of a sudden they get in their 30s or whatever, and then they think, you know, I'm going to start doing this again. And when I notice when those people come back, like I had one in here earlier today that was like that, you know, you saw him, you were here when he was, yeah. and he, his interest was in the, 
in the 1987, 88, 89, you know, that kind of thing. He wanted Bo Jackson and Griffey and the guys who he remembered back then um, because they, that's the first thing they start collecting, it seems like, when they come back into the hobby is the stuff they collected as a kid. And then once they're past that and then they start to learn and see how it works now and how it's changed, then they then they start uh, changing that a little bit. But So because of that, it does still sell. Um, I used to have a lot more in here, but I, last summer I had a guy that came by here that that kind of dealt in that sort of thing, and so and he you know he buys it cheap, sells it cheap because it's it's cheap stuff. But because I had it stacked up to the ceiling, I had so many. And he came in here with a big truck one day, and we filled that truck halfway up with with all kinds of boxes from that era. But it is slowing down. It's, products are starting to get opened and drying up a little bit, so it's. A little harder than it used to be to find it, but it's still cheap. This, you know, they printed a lot during that time because everyone collected, so they had to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, now it's completely different. This. Where do you yeah, do. source your inventory from in the main? Uh, most of my inventory comes either from people that, you know, the way collectors are is, you know, a lot of people they they collect something for a while, and then if they slow down or stop for a year or two, then they even if they get back into it, they tend to just sell off their old stuff. They're bored with it, I guess. And then they start again. And then some people just kind of go in and out of it. And as they do, they sell off their, their collection. And then, then younger kids, you know, that collect, <clears throat> once they get to be teenagers and then they'd rather have money for cars and girlfriends, then they bring their stuff in and sell it. Um, but all different ways. But mostly it's at the card shows when, when people there go and set up their, their stuff at card shows. I'm not the guy who goes to card shows very much and buys like a single card here or there. I'm the guy who walks up and says, how much do you want for everything you got? Yeah. And then I just take everything that they got on their tables, they go home, and then I bring it in here and sort it into my stuff. So I do that a lot. I try to buy one or two or three tables at, at almost every card show I go to and load up my car and bring it here and and figure out what I got when I get here. <laughs> I can definitely vouch for that because we were at a card show together about five weeks ago when I was out here last. And, yeah. and you just tried to sell me some of the stuff that I saw last time as well, so. <laughs> but that's yeah. all good. What are the uh, best-selling products? Is it still baseball that sells more than anything else? Um, baseball is probably the most popular. Um, and it, 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 yeah, maybe baseball does sell, but I sell a lot of football here, but just because Seattle is a big football town, so I, I feel like it's really close between baseball and football. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And obviously, the, with the the Seahawks being successful the last eight nine years, uh, that obviously brings more collectors into to your shop here, looking for, for Seahawks cards. It brings me here quite a lot as well. What would be some of the uh, your favorite cards that you've had come through the shop love them so when i go to the shows i'm just as excited as any collector as i'm going through the stuff i may buy a little differently than 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 others do but but i think they make a lot of really neat neat cards and they catch my eye and i you know have you still got a, a collection yourself indoors or have you just yeah you know i finally kind of weeded it down because i kept my original collection you know few years back I finally just took all my football cards because they weren't in that great a shape anyway I realized by then but I so I mesh it all into this stuff but but there's a few things that I've kept that I just I've always been a John Stockton fan of basketball so I started collecting him years ago and I still have a pretty decent John Stockton collection collection I uh, I play a lot of basketball and I one of the guys that I that I would 
got a chance to play with that is actually an NBA player that because he's from around here named Rodney Stuckey. So I collected a lot of his cards. Whenever I see something of his, I keep it. But that's about it. Oh, and then I, well, I have a, sh a little showcase in my little man cave, you know, room downstairs. Mostly it's just got some some oddball things that I just like collecting, you know, a few helmets and things. But I, in there, I also have uh, some 1972 Dolphin stuff that I, I love that stuff because that was I was when I was in junior high and that was the team that was the first one I fell in love with was those, you know, the, the Shula led Dolphins in the early 70s. So the whenever I get a cool Bob Greasy, Larry Zonka, Paul Warfield card, that's staying in there. And then in that same era was the Oakland A's era. So I have a lot of those, a little shelf full of some Oakland A's stuff too from that same era. The early, early Dolphins 70s. collection, is it all, all cards or is it other posters or... Signed. It's it's mostly cards. It's just it's just some autograph cards that I find along the way that catch my eye that I think are really neat. You know, of, of some of those guys. It's not even really a big collection. It's just a showcase that just has you know about ten of those kind of cards yeah. in it. And same with the A's. And then I do have some pictures that I've put on the wall though that have some pictures of some of those '72 Redskins Dolphins Super Bowl. That was my favorite Super Bowl. So when I see a cool print or photo or an autograph photo with that. That's staying with me. Yeah, that's cool. There's a couple of uh, hardcore Dolphins fans in our in our group. We're always talking about the '72 Dolphins and stuff like that. So we might have to get you to take a few pictures of the man cave and, and send us so we can put it on the group just so they can salivate over that. So, sure. Yeah. Some stuff. You sell a few uh, present day 2018 products as well. Do they sell well, or is it quite hard to shift boxes of new product? Um, no, they go pretty good. I mean, stuff doesn't fly out by any means, but certain things do because, you know, people nowadays are so spoiled that, you know, you got to buy the 20 products that are out there and then people get picky and they narrow it down to the two that they like. And so you sell out of those and then the others take some time to trickle out. But you say, guys, if you ever are uh, over in this neck of the woods, there's definitely a place to come. You can spend many hours as I have done every trip I'm out of this is one of my first ports of call to come here is food, then come here and dig through all the boxes and, and see what new stuff is in. So, yeah. So we've got your garage. Does the wife mind you spending so much time here? And I suppose it's quite nice because she can keep an eye on you because you're right next door. She probably does, but <laughs> no, I don't know. She's never bothered me about it as long as, you know, it's bringing in the income and, and it's, you know, she's she's never really had a problem with it. I think she's okay with it, but uh, yeah. And I try not to spend too much time. I, what I've been doing to to solve that problem is I've set up a little table upstairs in the like the relaxation TV room where she loves at night to sit there and watch a few hours of television. And I do it with her, but I'm usually sorting cards while, <laughs> while we're watching. Best of both worlds. But that's the one thing about my shop I think that makes it a little unique too is that it's it's. I spend a lot of time on it, but I sort everything to where I know where everything is. So at least when you come in here, if you got something you're looking for, I know where to find it. And I have everything sorted by players. And so almost any player I can just, you know, if someone comes in here and says, yeah, do you have any Ken Griffey cards? I'm not the card shop that says, I don't know. You can look through those 10, 5,000 count boxes over there and see if you can find any. I'll, I'll plop out about 10,000 Griffey cards for you to look through. <laughs> so. So you've got so many cards here that it's not just uh, sports, you've also got some political cards and other bits and pieces. Do they just come in from your 
your trips to card shows just buy them in bulk? <clears throat> Mostly, yeah, because you know, when a lot of times when you're buying someone out or you're buying a whole collection, you know, you're gonna get a little bit of, of everything. So I've got a boxes full of non-sports cards that I've gotten over the years. Uh, a lot of those gaming cards now that the kids play so much of, I've, I've always got some of that. Never really got into any of that myself, so but I organize it in a way that I at least have it separated. So when someone comes in, oh yeah, here's a box full of Pokemon cards or whatever it is. And then with the politician cards and all that, you know, that some of those are coming in sports cards sometimes, but now they're also making boxes of that. So yeah, I come across a little bit of everything when you're buying out tables, you know, and what you're gonna get sometimes. And of course, I've gotten some of my best deals of all from actually estate type sales where, you know, where somebody will call me and say, yeah, my, you know, my parent or something passed away and he collected cards. No one in the family has any interest, you know, come take a look at this and you assess it the best you can and you just buy it and bring a truckload of cards and you, and you don't really have time to go through it all because sometimes it's overwhelming how much people have collected. And then you find it as you go through it. And, you know, that's where I've gotten some of the craziest and best deals because I don't even know it's there, you know? You know, you see what you see and you pay for that, but then, you know, you maybe only look through 10% of the stuff because you don't got that much time. And so you go and load it all up and bring it back. And I've had some that have been amazing where I've... And even going through sometimes the junkiest boxes of the stuff that should be commons, and then all of a sudden you find a... A card worth a hundred or a thousand dollars in a box of commons. <laughs> Crazy. Do you have much dealing with uh, the guys like, like Panini and Tops, or do you just buy your your boxes from uh, distributors? Well, when I first started in the business, you know, I got set up direct with all those companies. Well, when I made that move, that's when they they drop you unless you re up, and it just happened to be during that time period that. Everything that product pretty much, or at least 95% of them that were coming out, would come out and you'd be able to get them really close to cost. The distributors, you know, if they bought something for $50, they were going to sell it to you for $53. Or, you know, so it was fine. It didn't matter to be set up direct. So I let years and years and years go by. And it hasn't really affected me that much. I miss out on some things, but until the last couple of years when things have gone a little nutso. So now I'm scrambling to try to see if they'll let me get set up direct. It's a little tricky right now, but hopefully it'll work out. It's because I'm not in a strip mall. I'm in the garage, which is something they don't really want to see. They want the brick-and-mortar card store. But I am a legitimate card shop, but I am not in a brick-and-mortar store. So I'll have to see if I can get through that, and then hopefully I'll be set up direct with with these companies again And because they're pricing. The secondary market is different right now by far than it was you know, 10 years ago when I moved here or 12 years ago when I moved into here. So of all the boxes you've got stocked here of all the sports, if you could only open one box right now, which box would it be? Oh, man. These are too tough of questions. <laughs> I never even pay that much attention because I try to keep myself from getting too uh, excited about opening or I'd be sitting here in a pile of wrappers all day long, right? <laughs> but... Um, it would probably be a football box since I love football so much. I play fantasy football and have since 1983. So um, cool, you know, newer stuff. Especially when I like opening the boxes where even the commons are nice enough cards that you feel like you could sell them because they're nice looking. Yeah. So that's what I try to buy. You know, 
I, I don't know. I feel like they could maybe beef these boxes up a little more, but <laughs> I think a lot of that is down to the exclusive licenses. We've chatted before about that when we're not recording that Panini and on the football side put out some very weak products now because they've got no competition, and so they can yeah. just throw stuff out that's got poor quality. Stickers look awful. The autographs aren't great. The quality control is is pretty crap. As we said before we started recording, the, one of the Seahawks rookies from this year, he's been in five products now. The fifth one being Prism that came out last week. And all five products have been exactly the same photograph. Yeah. You know, and that, that's just weak and lazy. It is. You know? Yeah. I collect it because I collect Seahawks, so it's, I'm going to collect them anyway. But it's not very appealing, and it could put some people off. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I agree. <laughs> Yeah, I could probably spend another hour on all my complaints, but I <laughs> I won't do that, I guess. But it's uh, now there's a lot of things throughout the years that have kind of frustrated me with, with the way that the choices that some of these companies make and the things that they do. And, of course, the redemption card thing has always been... I think a lot of that is down to players not signing and returning stuff in time, so they have to stick redemptions out. But it's yeah. it's still quite... It is a pain in the backside when that comes out because the Seahawks' first-round pick this year, Russia Penny, he's... Not signed a lot. I've got about thirty redemptions in for him. Yeah. So it is as See, well. And my complaint there with them when I was going to those summits and stuff, I would, you know, that, that's what they would always use, you know, as a company. That's what they'd use as their excuses. Oh well, you know, these guys haven't signed for us yet. And my rebuttal back to that was, well, you know, don't sell it until you have it. You know. Yeah. If you once once you can actually put it in your product, then sell your product. Don't don't base it on whether they're going to come through for you. Because they may not come through, and then we're the ones getting stuck. And you know, in fact, my I got a customer in the store right now where he he just got a redemption card here a couple months ago that I sent in for him. But we've been waiting for it. But it's of Rafael Devers, who's played in the World Series. This would have been the golden time for him to have that card to sell. Yeah. And yet we're still waiting for it week after week after month after month after month. You know, and that's ridiculous. You know. Because you get the weekly updated list from Panini's redemption list about who signed and that, and I check it each week, hoping that some of my guys are going to appear on there. And there's guys that have just signed cards from 2013 sets being released, so it is quite, quite a pain in the backside. Yeah. Uh, the least said about Panini points the better because they're such they're a massive ripoff, and uh, guys that listen to our podcast know we've had a couple of sections on that before. Yeah. If there's one thing that the car companies, be it Panini and football, tops in baseball, if there's one thing they could do to improve the hobby, what would you say? There, I mean, there's several things I could think of, I guess, but one of the first things, I guess, that comes to mind for me, um, I mean, well, it's hard because I don't know how they do their what they do and how they put together these boxes and how they do it, but just kind of maybe balancing it a little bit more because they have to, by now, have a feel for what's going to be worth what before they even put it in there. So they should be able to to balance that product where they're not making it where where one out of 10 or 20 boxes has enough value to where you're making out and the other 19 are losers, you know? Yeah. You'd think that they could find a balance where they're putting a little bit more in in their products where we're even on a loser box. You're you're getting a substantial value, or at least a decent value, not just a complete disaster. Where, you know, and I think maybe they, part of that too might be to be a little more, if they can, better about getting the right kind of autographs. They seem to always want to 
get a bunch of autograph cards from a bunch of people I think they just got out of high school that are never going to play, you know? <laughs> and then we get these cards and we're like, who is this? This guy's never going to be playing anywhere. So maybe wait till they're actually playing before. <laughs> Man alive. So that's Eagles uh, Baseball Card Shop in Kenton, Washington. You'll find him online uh, on eBay. Uh, plenty of stuff there. If you guys are ever in the Seattle area, I highly recommend coming here. Uh, we'll put some pictures up on the podcast page so you guys can see uh, what's in store here. Uh, top guy, thanks very much for your time today. Yeah, appreciate it. And uh, there you go, guys. That's your Wax Pat Lyrical guest interview. For uh, Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll have another interview for you uh, very soon. The dulcet tones of Mr. Alan Partridge means it's time for Ask Dan once again. One hobby question which Mr. Dan Hewitt will answer and then one wildcard question which we will open up to the group for a little bit of debate. Okay, the hobby question to start with. Uh, when you've used some cards on eBay and see cards pulled out on break, sometimes it comes out and it says uh, pop one, pop three. Dan, can you explain what this means, please? I can't. So it would tend to apply to graded cards. Um, so what happens is any card that PSA, uh, DNA or Beckett's look at, they keep a record of the fact they've looked at it. So if they grade a card and they grade it a, a 10 gem mint, they'll keep a record of that. And, and there's there's one that we've graded gem mint so the the pop numbers the lower the lower the better are the the population within that within that grading band so if you if if there was a genuine pop one then that would be the only card with that grading um so if you know um it'd be the only one that had graded 10 gem mint for instance um you're probably going to see it more in older cards if you like um, the newer cards, I imagine a lot of them are getting nine and nine point five. And if they're not going to advertise what pop rating it is, because it would be pop rating thirty or whatever, and it, it does it muddies the waters a bit. Um, but anything anything sort of low, so you know lower than five, certainly. Then you've, there's only five instances of that card worldwide that have ever been graded at that at that figure. Excellent. That clears up. A question that quite a few people have asked uh, in the group and uh, we even <laughs> needed some clarification ourselves today with that one so there we go right then let's move away from the hobby uh, just slightly let's move on to the wildcard question right then gentlemen um, which celebrity have you met in the weirdest circumstance Dan Hewitt let's start with you oh um Probably a footballer in a nightclub, which probably isn't that weird. Um, I didn't bump into him though; I was threatening to throw him out <laughs> when I was I was uh, I was a doorman in a past life. I was threatening to throw him out because uh, I politely asked him to take his hat off, and he gave it the "Do you know who I am?" Um, and I, I informed him I did, and I'd make people aware of who it was. I was chucking through the door when I threw him out. If he uh, if he didn't remove it, not a nice chap. Um, Supposed to be a bit of a hero of mine, considering he played for my football team. But yeah, I'd say that well, one. You, 
you've got to name him. You can't just say a footballer. <laughs> oh, can I name drop him? Yeah, go on. Ricardo Fuller. Okay, there we go. Uh, Ryan, you're a, a bit of a celebrity magnet, so who have you met? Yeah, there are just too many uh, stories. No, um, I think the one that sticks out for me is um, is, is Jerome Flynn. Um If anybody doesn't know, he, he's, he's the big guy and uh he's in game of thrones now uh uh he's in in game of thrones um used to be a pretty big actor over here uh, uh number one best-selling album as well um uh, uh it was it was big famous over here for soldier soldier before he was in game of thrones um and yeah basically i saw a fella drop a phone in paddington train station and um i picked it up and i started shouting this fella and i had to run after him and uh, the guy turned around and it was jerome flynn Gave his phone back. Was he grateful? He was actually. He was really nice. No, no, it wasn't like that. You know, because I didn't. You know, when you look at someone, you think uh, I recognise you, but I'm not quite sure who you are. And that embarrassment because you don't want to ask. But yeah, um, yeah, that's it. Wasn't that brilliant? Some of the other stories I really can't tell. Oh, Oh, I'm sure you. Sure you can. Especially if the celebrities are now deceased and then they can't actually sue us, so that'd be all good. <coughs> so, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll go with this one as well. I was, uh, we're talking late 90s now. I was at a, the Bombay Brasserie restaurant in uh, Gloucester Road in London. Very nice place there. Uh, taking my then girlfriend, having a very nice meal there. And there was, uh, in the, uh, Orangeries, as they called it there, there was a celebrity party sitting going. There was lots of celebrities going in there. We saw them all coming in and going, I went, bloody hell, look at this. Wogan was in there and all other bits and pieces. Uh, I went into the bathroom and I was at the urinal. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> to my left, a withered hand appeared against the uh, the wall next to where my home was. And there standing next to me, you better watch out because Beadle was about. <laughs> Jeremy Beadle was in there <laughs> having a pee. With his with his uh, his withered hand <laughs> next to me, and I couldn't go because I just started laughing a bit too heavily. <laughs> no, not because it not because his hand, obviously, <laughs> just the fact that it was like, good lord, I, I'm pissing next to Jeremy Beadle. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that was it. Unfortunately, Jeremy uh, died a few years ago, so we won't be uh, reenacting that at any stage soon no phoenix from the flames on this show <laughs> well, I also sat next to Michael Winner at the Jerry Seinfeld show uh, it was 1998 the, the France, uh, French World Cup the evening of the World Cup final uh, same thing same girlfriend she bought me tickets for that we went to watch that and I sat down next to Michael Winner now what links his story is both of those celebrities are now dead so if you're, <laughs> if you're a celebrity probably best to keep away from me because I seem to have a hex on people so there we go. Right, that's this week's wildcard question done and dusted. Uh, if any of you have met celebrities in strange places, uh, do let us know. We'd be quite interested in that. Or if you've got a wildcard question you want the group to answer now. Uh, I think from this episode onwards, we're all going to take turns to, to come up with the wildcard question. So it's not just me springing my stupid questions on the rest of the group. Right, before we finish up, we've got a competition from last week to answer. The question was, how many packs did I bring back from Seattle? That includes ones I ripped out there. The total uh, was 429. 
I believe the nearest to that was Mr. Tom Rotherham. Uh, Tom will be in touch with you uh, to get your address from you. Uh, Dan will be round with your Christmas gifts, <laughs> dressed as Santa Claus. And uh, we might even get Ryan to dress up as a Christmas elf because he's only five foot four. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, this week's uh, quiz question for uh, some lovely packs and one of our fine Bone China Ming Dynasty mugs is how many uh, OBJ rookie cards has Mr. Dan Hewitt got in his collection? Once again, that's how many OBJ rookie cards has uh, Dan Hewitt got in his collection? Uh, notched autos, we're talking uh, hit cards and base cards as well. So get your entries in. Uh, you can do it via the Facebook group message, one of us three on there, or via our Twitter feed, which is at WaxPatLyrical, or the email address, which is WaxPatLyrical at gmail.com. Right, it's been a pleasure to bring another episode to you. And until next time, we've got any final words for the audience, Dan? Thanks for listening, guys. Ryan? Happy collecting. There we go, guys. Normal job done. Been a pleasure. We'll see you all once more before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>